Welcome to Welcome to the Hallowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss Season 5, Episode 20 of Charmed. Sense and sense-ability. Okay. Okay, I want to get just right in front of this right off the bat. This episode has legitimately a terrible premise, I think. Go on. But weirdly, I feel like it's one of the better written episodes we've got in a while. There's some good stuff in this episode. The stuff that Phoebe does, it's... Oh my god, it's the worst. It's it's like, it makes Mr. Magoo look sensitive. I am going to say that uh, I think, just to preview this a little bit, I think that there might be a reappearance of one of our secret powers. Mm. Mm. Also, okay, this is so petty, but I, I almost feel like... Well, it's too late now because we're in season five. Okay. But we should have had a segment where we just talk about the titles every episode. Because here's my issue with this title. It should be about Phoebe getting her empathy power. Yes. When I first saw the title, I thought this was the episode where Phoebe gets her empathy power. Yes. But also, and this is so minor, this is just me being like a pedantic lit major asshole, okay? Sensibility in the context of sense and sensibility means like romanticism like in a, in a manner that's implied to be like foolish right so sense and sensibility are opposites okay but here sense and the ability to sense things it's just redundant hot take hot take the title of this charmed episode is nonsense for a change okay yes Yes, it's, I was going to say barely, I, I guess it is a pun. Is it? I mean, it exchanges wordplay for meaning nothing. It's barely wordplay. I think we should just get right into it. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Have this we... this is the episode where our magic monkey steals the charmed one's senses. Yep. Also, the second and final appearance of the crone, which is weird because I remembered her as being like, a season arc spanning villain but i think i just was thinking about the sea hag and i was like yeah she's in like four or five episodes no i think it's just large impact small screen time it, i think she just makes an impression uh, she has to because she adds literally nothing to the plot like her entire wait wait max max she had a vision that wyatt is going to be powerful yeah, like, that's the whole point of this character, is to tell us that Wyatt is powerful, which we knew. We've known that for forever. She gets so many demons killed, including herself, confirming that Wyatt is going to be powerful. Like, we get it. And considering what's coming up at the end of this season, I, I, it's, it's such a missed opportunity for her to not say that Wyatt is going to be powerful, which, as we, we all know, we all know. But to say that Wyatt is going to be evil. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah that would have been the thing. And then the Charmed Ones can be concerned about that. And then Chris can show up. I mean... Yay, Chris. We're so close. We're so close to Chris. God, I love a good time travel story. And also, I like Chris. <laughs> I was about to say... I was about to say, do you like budget trunks? Who, I'm sorry, Dragon Ball Z fans, is a budget Rachel Summers. 
Okay. Trunks is the only thing I like about Dragon Ball Z, and I love Trunks. Yeah, everyone loves Trunks. Trunks is awesome. Trunks was the coolest thing in the goddamn universe if you watch Dragon Ball Z. I just liked his total disregard for causality. He had a sword. In Dragon Ball Z, this dude had a sword. How would that... And it worked against people. How does that... See, it's funny how, like, we care about different things. Because I'm like, he was specifically told, do not mess with the time. Do not tell anybody anything. Things are going to get messed up. He shows up, he sees his parents, he's like, ha ha, you guys are going to fuck each other. And then that's going to be me. But no, no spoilers. For Dragon Ball Z? No, no, like, like no no affecting the time by telling people stuff. Oh, I mean, that was way... Give, give Rachel Summers credit. That was literally her entire goal. Her whole goal was making sure that the timeline she was from didn't happen. Right, right. But I mean, Trunks wasn't trying to do that. He was, well, I mean, he wasn't trying to prevent his birth. But he had, he had as much concern for the timeline as, you know, Fry on Futurama did. I mean, he was there to make sure Goku didn't die of a heart attack. Which, I mean... He succeeded. He made things much worse, but he succeeded in his intended goals. Which, speaking of Chris, I guess. Yeah, he, no, Chris definitely, well, Chris is, I mean, if we're getting into it, you called him Budget Trunks. He's much more Rachel Summers, right? Because he's trying to, actually, is he, is he Kitty Pride? Well, I guess he'd be Kitty Pride if you're. If you're just looking at Days of Future Past and not the entire arc that comes out of it with Rachel Summers. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's basically the crisp plot is Days of Future Past. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to talk about time travel. Because I love talking about time travel. And you know who has, like, no concern for the ramifications of time travel? Everyone writing on Charmed. Okay, okay. We talked about this a little bit. And I swear we will get into this actual episode, but we talked about this a little bit in the last episode where the demon was changing time by altering Piper's memories because he got sucked up in the uh, spell she did to make marriage counseling work better. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. But one of the things that I really appreciate about Charmed is that they don't do the branching timeline theory of time travel, which I feel like everyone does now because logically it makes the most sense. Of course. But... I like that Charmed just has the one timeline. You know what my theory about time travel is? What? Like, my real theory about time travel, like, in reality? What? That the branching timeline is the way time travel works, but we're in the prime timeline, so there's no time travel in our timeline, because anytime anyone discovers time travel, they create a branching timeline that branches off from our timeline, and that's why we have no time travel. Wouldn't that be true for every timeline no, because, like, okay, so think about Back to the Future, right? Yeah. So we're the prime timeline, so we're the beginning of the movie, okay? Yeah. Marty McFly disappears. He's just some missing kid. Yes. He creates an alter- He creates his alternate timeline. In our world, here in the prime timeline, his parents, like, went to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. They got in the whole thing. Like, did, all the stuff happened the way it happened, right? So and then, there's a branching timeline that we're not a part of, where his mom met a guy who later looks exactly like the son that she bore, and the son she bore is like, yeah, I traveled back in time, right? So there's like all this time travel stuff happening in that timeline. We don't have that, though. In our timeline, Marty just disappears. 
I mean, but maybe we're not the prime timeline and these are just people we've never met. Okay, that could be true too. I just feel like we would have heard about it. I feel I like I mean, would you have heard the story about a woman who met a guy who kind of looked like her kid later? Yeah, you know why? You know why? Because I really, really am interested in time travel. It would have come up on my TikTok for you page. Because the TikTok algorithm is very good. I'm just saying if there were time travelers, they would be on my TikTok page. I'm just saying there's no reason to think we're the prime timeline. I just told you the reason is there are no time travelers on my FYP. Maybe they are, but it's about really stupid stuff. Or, like, maybe it happened a long time ago. I'm just saying, like, there's no reason we would need to be the prime timeline for Splinter Theory to be real. Okay, okay. No, no, we don't have to... Us being the prime timeline is what makes Splinter Theory real. That's why time travel is real, but we don't know about it. Because we're the prime timeline. No, but I'm saying that's true for every branching timeline. There would be no evidence of time travel outside of one thing possibly being weird. Okay. Okay, I guess that's fair. Okay, I see what you're saying. I mean, but you don't use TikTok. I feel like you don't know how good the algorithm is. It definitely would be on my FYP. No, it, it'd be something stupid. Like someone would find a picture of, hey, look, doesn't my grandfather look like me in this picture? I'm, I bet your TikTok's full of tons of people who've got stuff like that. Okay. All right, you do have me thinking about Anne Hathaway now, who is definitely a time traveler. Like, she's not even trying to hide it. Because she's married to Will Shakespeare and also some rando guy in the modern age. Who is absolutely William Shakespeare. Have you seen a picture of him? Yes. We haven't even started to talk about this episode yet. Yes, and we're and the thing that talk, that led us into not talking about this episode is, you know what, okay, We'll get into it. This is the monkeys. This is the one with the monkeys. So, we start out weird. I'm sorry. This is I, weird. This is so weird. Okay, first of all, before we start. <laughs> first of all, before we start. Have we seen Paige sing before? Is this is this a, is this an attribute that is existing just for this episode? Okay, the thing is, I'm not sure because I think she does it again in the show, but I think this might be the first time. Paige, remember when she was an artist for an episode? I, feel, I do, yeah. I feel like her wheelhouse is just one and done talents. I mean, there's nothing out of character about it. It, it. it makes perfect sense. It's just, it's very, very important in this episode, but I don't feel like we've seen it before. Yeah. But we open with her singing to the baby, singing to Wyatt, and this very creepy, probably a demon monster lurking behind her. No, just kidding. He's a normal human who's her boyfriend, I guess. Okay, the the, the whole setup for this scene is weird. Because we open with Paige singing this weird, sexy version of Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word to Wyatt. I don't think it's necessarily sexy. I well, think she's doing it all throaty. and you know. Rose McGowan sings. <laughs> It doesn't make it not a sexy performance. She's not, like, trying to be sexy, though. It's not like Marilyn Monroe's happy birthday or anything. Well, she It's not the tone of voice one would use to lull a baby to sleep. I mean, like, okay, go ahead. But she, she's singing the sexy version of Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. and See, the thing I thought about that song is not that it was the sexy version, but that she doesn't know the lyrics, and so she's just trying to make lyrics up, which I absolutely have done singing that song, because I'll start to sing it, and then I'll be like... I literally don't know any other lyrics to this song. Oh, I can get pretty far into it, but I feel like I kind of whiff the last few. Because I'm like, oh, what comes from... 
I think I usually use cart and twine. I've got I've got sing and ring. I've got if that ring turns brass, I'll get you a looking glass. If that glass should break, I don't know what comes after break. Won't shine. Papa's gonna buy uh, buy you a ball of twine, or a uh, cart and twine. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter. You can make up stuff. It's fine. But but I, I'm just saying I relate to her here because she's trying to make up words. She's like, and if that if that mockingbird should die, Paige's gonna buy you a pumpkin pie. So Wyatt is successfully lulled to sleep by this, and the weird scraggly dude standing in the corner is like, "Lucky baby, got a sexy mama," and it's like. Is he a demon? It, it's shot as though he's a demon, but then it's like... I'm pretty sure next episode he turns out to actually be married. Yeah, yeah, this guy's a reoccurring love interest. What's funny is he mentions being a club promoter, so I assumed he worked at P3. But, but he's not. He owns a piano bar. Okay, Mike from Friends. I wish Mike didn't own the piano bar. He just played there. You sure? Yes. Okay. I'm sure. My thought is, have they not heard of, like, economy of location? Like, just have him work at P3. Why did we have to invent an entirely new location? Yeah, like, it would be okay if he wasn't there later. They drop employees a lot. Mm -hmm. But he tells Paige that she's got a beautiful, sexy singing voice, and she tells him an embarrassing story about how this one time at a middle school talent show... She went up to sing, but she totally whiffed it and threw up over everyone, and it was the most... It was the worst day of her life, said Paige Matthews, orphan. Well, I mean, you don't know. Maybe that was the same day as the car accident. <laughs> It'd be a real rough one. It's a, bad, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. God, this guy, this guy is such a, like, walking Am I the Asshole post from Reddit. Because you hear this story where she's like, yeah, I, I literally never sing. Nobody hears me sing. I'm singing for my nephew, but nobody ever hears me sing because of this horrifying thing that happened for me. Why? Why? Not to get too ahead of things here. But why is his first thought, okay, you know what I should do? Throw you completely unprepared. Surprise you by ha by pulling you on stage at my club and making you sing in front of a crowd of people. Like you can't you you need to prep for something like that. Well, right now what he's prepping for is some hot loving, having been deeply aroused by watching Paige sing to a baby and then tell an embarrassing story from her childhood. He goes to get some wine so they can you know start having couch sex. But then a real demon shows up. Yes, a Kazi demon. I'm sure I could have looked closely at the page in the Book of Shadows, but, like, what is their deal? He, like, sucks out her thoughts or something? I don't know. He does this thing where he touches her skin and she gets, like, black eyes and black veins. and It's like it's like budget Dark Willow stuff getting sucked out of her head and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, Dark Willow was going in. This is getting sucked out. Yeah. Anyway, she's, she's a teleporter, right? So she just orbs away from his hands. Yes, she's minorly, briefly inconvenienced by this. She orbs away and she's like, Leo! Piper, hey, Leo, actually hearing someone, you know, I know he normally hears calls, but it feels like when the situation is bad, he doesn't. Okay, but did he hear the call or did Piper psychically hear the call because she was oh with him? Oh my God. Oh, we will get into it, but oh my God, this, this episode brings up such a weird plot thing that I don't think ever comes back. 
but Leo orbs in with Piper and Piper just blows up the demon because, you know, it's Piper. Yeah. Paige's new boyfriend shows up and is like, uh, and, and they like scramble trying to cover. They're like, oh, we, we, we came home early. That's a totally plausible thing to say, guys. You, you don't need to, whatever you're doing, you don't need to be doing that. Okay. I want to give Rose McGowan some credit here. This episode calls on her to do a lot of physical comedy and it works really well. Just the bit where there's, you know, the demon, the demon has been sucked back into hell after Piper blows him up, but his flaming corpse left a small fire on the carpet and Paige goes over there and she stomps it out while wearing high heels. I feel like this is an, an everyday occurrence at the manor. But Scraggly Joe comes back into the room and he's like, oh, you're brother-in-law and sister are here it's gonna get weird it's already weird like oh yeah we were we were going to have sex in front of your guys's baby but now that you're here it's awkward anyway the demon died but then was immediately pulled out of super hell back into just the regular underworld by the crone apparently uh it's weird we don't see more reoccurring demons because of how easy this is, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Like, the crone is not a heavy hitter. Like, she, she's respected, she's clearly good at what she does, but, like, she's not the seer. She's not Zanku. I mean, I feel like the crone is a pretty high-ranking demon, power-wise. I guess she did pass that law. yeah. I don't know. I guess you'd stay out of like mainstream demon politics if the seer is around and you're the crone, because you're like, oh, there's someone who's better at this who has my exact power set. So maybe don't want to make any waves. By that law, you mean, by the way, that nobody can hurt Wyatt. Yes. Remember, remember, in the crone's one previous appearance, she mystically passed a law that means that demons, demons cannot hurt Wyatt. Although they apparently try to kill him all the time in the future, so. Yeah. Whatever. She tells this demon that she pulled back up from Super Hell that she wants to meet with his king. That's that's her deal right now. That's why she pulled him out of Super Hell. And she doesn't want to tell him why because he's just a minion. Also their deal by the way is that the demons are all attached to the king, so like when the demons get hurt, the king feels it. That hmm. seems like a flaw. Yeah, but you know what? Good on the demons if they negotiated that at their, like, demon union meeting or something. That's a good way to stop your boss from unnecessarily killing you all the time. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. All right, back at the manor, Piper is trying to get pictures of Wyatt. She's, she's trying to get Wyatt to smile so she can take a picture of him smiling. And I guess Piper's plot this episode is that she doesn't feel maternal feelings for the baby. She's not, like, connecting to the baby and she feels like both Phoebe and Paige have a stronger connection to the baby. Mm-hmm. I am of two minds about this plot. Is one of those minds being like postpartum depression is, you know, a real thing that a lot of women struggle with connecting to their babies about? And is the other thing, haha, Piper doesn't like her baby? Okay, you're half right. Okay. I mean, the first one is, yeah, this is a real thing. Uh, there's this idea that you're just supposed to naturally know what to do as soon as you have a baby. And so there's a lot of shame around talking about not feeling that connection, especially when postpartum depression or anxiety is in the mix. And even when it's not, that, that kind of distance of not knowing what you're doing is not a thing people talk about. 
And so it's it's very isolating feeling. And so I like that they're addressing it. And the other thing is, this is not in line with what we have seen about Piper. Yeah, Piper's been all about that baby. And she's also been, like, good at being a mom. Like, they, they haven't shown Piper being uneasy about this. In fact, I would say a lot of Piper's character right now is based on her, like, maternal instincts. So... Yeah. And the whole reason the whole that uh, thing got passed was because she murdered everyone who looked at her baby cross-eyed. I just feel like this was created for this episode to give it some some to make us feel like we got resolution at the end to a problem that didn't exist until the beginning of this episode. I'm sorry, our child has started watching uh, Big City Greens. Uh, that show about the city. They're not vegetable people, right? They're just people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know the name of that show. Yeah. She started uh, she started watching it and the end of one of the episodes had a had a thing where uh, the boy child was like and we all learned a valuable lesson about not lying and his sister's like, We didn't learn a lesson about not lying. Lying didn't factor into anything we did today and he's like, Yeah, well, you know, we learn a lot of lessons. And that kind of felt like the vibe. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. We needed a lesson. What was the fact of life here? Yes. Like when, uh, what was the thing Paige randomly had last episode? Like she needed to get out more or something? Was the moral of the nymph episode apropos of nothing? Yeah, it's weird. It's like they create flaws for these sisters that we've never seen before so that they can solve them at the end of the episode instead of addressing some of the very real flaws that they're <laughs> demonstrating. Yeah. Meanwhile, Phoebe. Phoebe's plot this episode is that her column is going to be picked up for syndication. So she is being an 80s business dad in a movie where she's just like, can't go to the street fair because she's got to negotiate this big deal. Yeah, yeah. I... Don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I'm going to go ahead and push through and do it anyway. Go for it. We're going to have nothing left to talk about in the second half of this episode. A syndication deal is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And she decides to blow it off so that she can spend more time with her nephew. But even though a syndication deal is a big deal, it's not going to be adding a huge amount more to her workload. Her yeah. column will be being published on a national scale, but she's not going to be doing more, like, right? Right, she's not. I mean, I guess since she answers every letter she gets, she'll be getting more letters when she's nationally syndicated. There will be another marketing component to it, but they're not asking her to, like, start a talk show or do anything Yet. like that. Yeah. And so the fact that she decides at the end that she's not going to do that, she's she's going to stay home with her nephew instead, I mean... Here, sitting here in 2024, all I can think about are all of these legacy media people whose jobs are just that much more precarious because Ask Phoebe is not syndicated. Mm. So, Piper runs out of film in her camera. Ask Phoebe, the greatest advice column ever written. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, Piper runs out of film in her camera. She didn't get a single picture of Wyatt smiling, and then Leo walks into the room, and Wyatt's like a fucking laugh factory. Yeah, because Leo's actually playing with him instead of just pointing a camera at his face. Weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing the popcorn popper, which, you know. Uh, also, Phoebe is 
on the phone about her column and apparently her column it might be too edgy for the south and she's like maybe the south could use a little edge okay phoebe yeah whatever yeah phoebe's so edgy (laughs) when i think of edgy i think of phoebe hallowell i mean remember when that woman was afraid to live alone and she told her to buy a dog edgy edgy is going right up to the edge of the cliff and dancing anyway uh you know it was a good show daria daria was a good show it was a good show i feel like it does lose something without the music though yeah well like it's still good like that the the episode about the box boxing daria yeah, it's an amazing episode but no the the music was so finely curated in that tv show that it definitely loses something you always wonder about that like there's a bunch of stuff from buffy where i was trying to look up songs and like it, they clearly they got the rights enough to have them in the dvd releases but like a lot of these bands don't exist anymore and the music companies that published the records don't exist anymore so you have to imagine that's like a legal nightmare trying to get a hmm probably in buffy because they had a lot of small indie labels with the larger bands, though. I mean, isn't it harder if you have to, like, track down who owns a certain song anymore after the company goes out of business? Yeah, with the smaller indie labels that went out of business. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, so that's what I was saying. Uh, Buffy is kind of a victim of the fact that they curated, like, small bands. Whereas Daria was playing... I mean, this is going to sound dismissive. It, it was, it was, it was, ex, you know, it was exquisitely curated, but it was top 40. Mm. It, it wasn't like the bronze. It's actually weirdly one of the things that makes Scrubs work really well, even though there's a lot of flaws in it as a show. Like, I, I read this thing where Bill Lawrence and... Um, well, Zach Braff. Zach Braff is a real, like indie music guy yeah so he he was he was a big part of that of in the show like kind of putting together i mean i mean scrubs is basically his playlist you know yeah that's 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 what i was getting at bill lawrence talked about how zach braff really shaped the Mm -hmm. tone of the show i guess like yeah like good musical choices can really elevate and scrubs is just enough later from daria and buffy that they were thinking about those kinds of rights when it comes to replay and streaming and dvd when the shows were written whereas in daria that wasn't a thought in buffy that wasn't a thought yeah those rights were not negotiated up front yeah like i had to find a bunch of stuff on this will date me immediately limewire back in the day because these were not songs you could buy off itunes like you can buy every song that was in scrubs off of the scrubs soundtrack and get yourself a, a tasty little mix there I'm sorry, this episode of Charmed. Upstairs, Paige is making a stun potion so that the next time one of these demons, because apparently these demons have just been coming at them over and over. What's the name of the demon? Kazi. These Kazi demons have been coming at them over and over and over. So Paige is making a potion that will not kill, but instead stun the Kazi demon so that she can torture him and either... Bring the Kazi king out of hiding or have the demon give up the information about where the king is. 
Paige is Paige is well into her torture era right now. Yeah, apparently her nickname on the uh, Television Without Pity forums was Rage, which oh, like Paige, but Rage. Yeah, with an yeah. R instead of a P. But yeah, because girl likes her torture, which it's speaking of character flaws that are never addressed. It's weird how like excitedly she's talking about the torture, and this is not addressed as an issue. It's just it's just what's gonna happen. But Paige is adamant that they really need to find this king and kill him so that she can finally have sex with her new boyfriend uninterrupted. Dear Lord. Yeah. 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 I... I'm not trying to victim blame here, but I feel like demons attack you at your house enough so that if you're planning on having sex with someone, you should probably do it at their house. She was babysitting. Okay, well, okay, well, then maybe don't try to have sex with someone while you're babysitting. Yeah, no, see, there, that's, that's the real issue. Anyway, now that they've got the plan hammered out, they have to go because there's a street fair today, and they need to bring Wyatt to his very first street fair. Yeah, they're... Pipe, Piper is mad at Phoebe because she's missing out on Wyatt's very first street fair, and he doesn't have a lot of first left. I'm sorry, first street fair is not a thing. Also, he's like a month old. He has millions of firsts left. Yeah, like, come on. He hasn't even had, like, the big, like, first steps, first word. He's probably not even eating solid food yet. Yeah, no. Although I do like how this scene has everyone address what their plot thing is going to be for the episode. Piper's all, I can't relate to my baby at all, and I feel like I don't see him. And Paige is like... Yeah, and I really need to find my voice, you know, before I can find love, I guess, or whatever. I, I, I need to find my voice. And Phoebe's like, and I'm deaf because of business. Also, there's, <laughs> also, there's a sister thing that's a little foreshadowy here where Piper and Phoebe are finishing each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Friends did it first. Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested Development did it first. I thought it might have been a Joey thing, but like, I mean, it's fine. It's 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 a joke that I feel like anyone can use. You don't go like, oh, you stole that from Friends. It's no, it's a basic joke. Yes. All right. So the Kazi King has come to see the seer in hell. The crown. Yeah. Who can see the future, so that's me being pedantic, but, you know. And speaking of being able to see the future, she tells the king that, yes, she knows no one's allowed to kill the baby, but she needs to get to the Charmed Ones anyway, so she's gonna help the Kazi demons take out the Charmed Ones because she had a vision of Wyatt, but she needs to be, like, close to him and, like, actually be in physical contact with him so that she can see the vision more clearly. She's being such an asshole here because he's like, he's like, why have you summoned me? I, you know why have you summoned me and she's like look i know you're trying to kill the charmed ones because you swore some sort of blood vendetta and i'm gonna help you and he's like you want the charmed ones dead and she's like no i want their baby and he's like but there's a law that says you can't have the baby and then she's like there's a law that says i can't kill the baby but i don't need to explain anymore to you you're just my helper for this little mission and you wouldn't understand the brilliance of my plan which okay if we're talking about seer plans I feel like this one kind of puts you at the level of 
this year where everything was going really well until the point where she got what she wanted and then she blew up. Yeah. So, uh, she's got a plan that's going to let her get Wyatt's trust enough to get close to him and take out the Charmed Ones and to illustrate her plan without illuminating it to us, the audience, she pulls out a home goods monkey statue. Yes. Yes, this is aggressively home goods. Do you think they found the prop first and then they wrote the episode backwards from that? Oh my god, it's quite possible. Alright, so at the street fair, Piper is... Horrifying street fair, by the way. There's like these weird plaster figures of clowns and they're so creepy. That's funny because Piper actually points out how creepy clowns are. She doesn't want to bring Wyatt over to look at the clowns because they're creepy. Yeah, a lot of clowns at the street fair. She also doesn't want to bring him near the balloons because balloons are no good for infants. Although, he can be near the balloons because he's not even moving his head yet. Like, he's in a, he's strapped to Leo's chest. Like, he can stand next to a balloon. He can't even reach out to grab it. <laughs> it's weird because we're, we're approaching that from two different angles. Because I'm like, Piper, your baby is functionally immortal and definitely invulnerable. He's not going to be hurt by balloons. Both of these things are true. I just need to point out for late, for later segments in this episode that Piper is juggling both a giant camcorder and a camera trying to, like, capture the moment. Yes. And Phoebe is on her phone because she's trying to get this syndication deal taken care of. And then a mime walks up behind her and starts making fun of her for being on her phone. Bad news. Fucking mimes. Yeah, bad move, mime. I, I mean, I, I, I guess he's not a street mime performing for tips because that seems like a bad thing to do if you're trying to get tips. I know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. Everyone's, everyone's standing around and laughing, which it's got to be the first time anyone has been amused by a mime. Oof. Yeah, people really hate mimes. That's one of the things where I'm not really sure what the origin of it was. It's just as long as I've been alive, I've been aware of people hating mimes. Learn the words! Which is weird because a lot of stuff on TikTok feels, if not mime-inspired, like a lot of body movement stuff feels like it may have come out of a miming class. I wish I was still in school, and I wish I was still a theater major so I could write a paper about that. I mean, right? Yes. Yes, you're right. It's weird because mimes on their own are very irritating, but I feel like a lot of those skills translate well into other media. I mean, I've, I've seen good miming. Like, it's not... They're, they're, mimes are not necessarily obnoxious, even though that is weirdly the shorthand. But, I mean, it's all about being very expressive with your body. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, monkeys! Yeah, the monkey shines monkey pops in to make everyone stay a little more whimsical. Yeah, so the sisters are all standing around talking about how Phoebe's working too hard and Piper can't connect with her baby or something. and Paige can't sing in public. Yeah, and then this capuchin monkey jumps down on him. You know, we were watching Just Shoot Me, and there was a monkey in the episode we were watching, and you were like, oh, all these poor actors in the 90s who had to fucking work with monkeys. Yeah. Must have been the worst. It really must have been the worst. Yeah. And this is the second time Charmed has done this. 
Remember that the monk the the monkeys that got the that although they were chimps, but the ones that got the charmed ones' powers because that doctor was experimenting on them. I do remember that. And here's the thing, though: monkeys are not friendly naturally. Hey, we've all seen Nope, right? Right. Anyway, this like capuchin monkey jumps down on their shoulders and it like wipes its hands across Paige's mouth and Phoebe's. Ears. ears and piper's eyes so guess what's gonna happen later hi marie combs looks so genuinely pissed when the monkey is on her yeah of course actually rose mcgown doesn't look thrilled either i i don't blame any of them yeah i do love that piper's immediately like leo get the baby the fuck out of here because <laughs> you know you don't want a monkey around your baby of course not Anyway, down in hell, the demon king is like, all right, so are the charmed ones taken care of now? And the crone tells him, no, the curse will take effect when it is most dramatically significant. That is genuinely an aspect of the curse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, two of these situations are very, very embarrassing. One of them is actively deadly. Yes. Yeah. But I guess it's hard to randomly go deaf in a way that will kill you or randomly lose the ability to speak. No, losing the ability to speak more. That could definitely like, kill you. Yeah, yeah like if, if you couldn't yell out to warn a steamroller person that they were coming at you. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paige can teleport, so less of an issue, but still. So. Although I do like that they point out that her non-white lighter active power is rendered basically completely useless by removing her ability to speak yeah because she has to shout out the name of the object she wants to teleport so she can't do it something she never gets over over the course of this show which i feel like should be the natural evolution of her powers should be not having to say energy ball and just orbing it it's only been a few years we don't know how how it will go later all right so phoebe is in her meeting now with all of the syndicators I guess. Oh my god, these people live up her ass, though. Oh, right, I'm sorry. They're not the syndicators. This is going to be, like, her marketing team. Yeah. And they're telling her how excited they are to work with her, how much they love her column, how excited they are to, like, make her even more famous than she already is, apparently. And she can't hear any of them because she is losing her hearing. Yeah, the facial journey Alyssa Milano goes on here, I... I don't want to be mean. I really, really don't want to be mean. But every single choice Alyssa Milano made over the course of this episode was wrong and bad. She didn't know how to act like she couldn't hear things. I, I feel like it's probably harder to act like you can't hear things than to act like you can't see things. Hmm. Or And I also feel like Holly Marie Combs is a better actress than <laughs> Alyssa Milano. Um, but it... She, she didn't know how to express that she can't hear things. So apparently the way that you act when you can't hear things is you whip around and you act completely unhinged and jump up and run out of important business meetings. She looks, her facial expressions here, though, like she looks like she's trying to push her skull out of her face. I don't, I legitimately have no idea what she's going for here. Like, but yeah, she runs screaming out of the room when she realizes she can no longer hear these people kissing her ass. 
because her like image guys like now i don't want to change anything about how you look because you're so beautiful and perfect and i just want to stick your feet in my mouth and she's like you want me to write a book again mr magoo but with hearing loss wait could mr magoo not hear i never watched those cartoons he, could hear, he just couldn't see i think okay i thought it might have been out like he couldn't hear or see and no, i think he just couldn't see yeah they remade that into a live-action movie starring Leslie Nielsen. I am aware of that fact, yes. Which, good on him for getting paid. All right, so the piano bar that is not P3. Uh, this is the thing we were talking about earlier. This is the Ada, the, the am I the asshole post on Reddit territory here. Yeah, he... Ada, my, my 20-something girlfriend... 20-something, is mad at me because I heard a traumatic story about her throwing up all over her middle school when she tried to sing in public this one time and decided to help her get over her fears. I was going to trick her into singing in public at my piano bar. And now she's mad at me, Ada. Okay, but it would have had, like, one of those super misleading titles that would have been, like, Ada for getting a job for my girlfriend. Ada for showing my girlfriend how much I love and appreciate her and her talent. He, okay, he asks her, by the way, he's like, when they're at the table at the club, he's like, I have a surprise for you. Do you like surprises? And she's like, I like good surprises. And then he's like, get on stage. It's Paige Matthews performing tonight, one night only. And she's like, what the fuck? He says, I thought you liked surprises. She's like, this is a bad surprise. Sorry. Dick. But yeah, he, he shoves her on stage. I don't think they even tell her. He also does this, like, he does this. He does this, like, weird nagging thing where he's like, I thought you were the kind of girl who liked to face your fears. And it's like, oh, my God. Boo. But, yeah, she whispers the song that she wants to the piano guy. Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she starts to sing, but then, uh-oh, no voice. Yep, she tries to sing Isn't It Romantic. That's the song she wants to sing. She dedicates it to the uh, boy who broke up with her after she... Uh, she didn't actually throw up all over everyone. She froze up, and now it appears the same thing has happened here. And the boy that she was dating at the time broke up with her, and it ruined her social life. Which, uh, I guess middle schoolers are pretty mean. Yeah. So she has lost her voice now, and she runs off stage. Meanwhile, Piper's driving and uh, texting, which is always a bad idea. She's not texting. She got a phone call on her old-timey phone. Yeah, and she takes the call, but it, that's not the reason she's going to crash. She's going to crash because all of a sudden she can't see anymore. Well, I can't have helped. She's staring at her phone for so long because she can't see it, and then she, her car starts swerving. Like, like you, if you're losing your sight, you know what you should do? Whip the steering wheel back and forth at random. Like, how come none of these women who have gone through so much with demons can, like... She can recalibrate like they they they've been through so much you would think that they would be able to handle like a little a little bit of inconvenience like i genuinely like the idea that a demon could have killed the charmed ones by just cutting their brakes because you're right why would you go ah! why would you just muppet arms the steering wheel uh piper crashes into a uh, turnstile so Back at the manor, Phoebe is watching the same horror movie that she loves. Yeah, kill it before it dies. And she's turning up the volume, but she can't hear anything. And Paige is there, and Paige can't 
say anything. So there's a there's there's a little bit of very painful comedy. Like you can tell they think they're doing this really clever who's on first thing, but it's just so painful. Phoebe's like, I can't hear anything, and then Paige, she starts to say that she's lost her voice, but honestly, Phoebe doesn't even let her get to the point where she would have said a word, because she's like, I can't hear you! Like, she didn't say anything yet! She didn't even try to say anything yet! Yeah, this whole bit's really, really awful. And then there's, like, this terrible charade thing, where she's... By she, I mean Paige. Paige is clearly communicating that the monkey obviously did this to them, and it takes Phoebe so long to figure it out. How? How do you not get monkey? And, okay, not to not to compare this to Buffy. But, oh, no. But, hey, do you remember one of, if not possibly, the best episodes of Buffy? You mean Hush? Hush. Yeah, how the entire town gets their voices stolen. And how everyone just, you know, starts writing things down or using computers to talk. Not to, like, hammer this point home, but, man, it would have been really convenient if they knew ASL. Oh, my God, yes. There's there's a lot of situations where, you know, it would be handy to learn ASL. You should learn ASL. Uh, Bill Vickers has videos on YouTube you can watch that will give you a really solid foundation in ASL. And there are so many times when it's useful and we're not even attacked by demons. Well, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out here. The bones in your ear are very delicate. Like, if we're lucky enough to live long enough, we're all going to lose our hearing. So, you know. Yeah. Although arthritis would probably also be kicking in at around the same time. Like, yeah. Human bodies, they are not built to last, are they? Yeah. So, Leo and Piper have come home. And, of course, Piper cannot see anything. So now we get this, like... Yeah, Piper can't see and Leo's healing can't undo it so it must be magic which yeah she randomly went blind of course it was magic you've seen the witch episode of buffy <laughs> speaking of this same premise again mm-hmm. so now they're trying to communicate with each other of course Paige can hear piper and she can kind of mime what she he- oh mimes again hmm. she can kind of mime what she hears to phoebe who can't hear you get it you get it yes they all have to rely on each other for communication you know what would have been a better issue here was would be if they were having trouble communicating at the beginning of the episode and then by each one of them losing a sense they'd have to work together to communicate successfully with each other uh this was actually a really cool um team building exercise i did once yeah where some of us were blindfolded and some of us were not allowed to speak and we had to recreate a lego building like figuring that out one how episode to communicate of 30 rock yeah, we did this way before then <laughs> years before that yes but leo oh and some of us couldn't move so some of us couldn't move some of us couldn't speak some of us couldn't see and then we had to like communicate with each other to put the lego structure together it was it was a very cool team building exercise so Leo walks into the room and he's like, what's going on? And they do, they hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil thing. Because mm-hmm. this will look good in the trailers. Yep. 
It didn't. I do kind of like the moment where Leo is talking to Phoebe and she just kind of is nodding at him sagely as though she can hear him even though she can't because she's just like not even she's she, she she's just tired of trying to explain it to people I think at this point. So the guy the the demon king guy the king of the whatever demons Kazi uh, demons the Kazi demons he's like so should I attack yet? And the crone's like, no, we must lay and wait until the time is right. And he's like, you mean after they've figured out who we are and made vanquishing potions? Is that when the time is right? So, yeah, they're going to send a guy. Uh, yeah, one of his demons. He's like, oh, you mean the demons who are attached to me? And when they feel pain, I feel the pain? Again, if this, this is was... a terrible plan. If, the, if this was a thing for... Uh... If this was a thing from the Demon Union, it's, it's really smart thinking on their part. Mm. Oh, we also learned that this is a this is very much a Little Mermaid thing, where the monkey hasn't just taken away their senses, but delivered them to the crone, so she can she can have their senses, so she can she can hear and see everything they taste and smell. And she's also got Paige's voice. Yes. But a weird echoey thing where it's overlaid her own voice. So, well, yeah. I guess she just has to trick a baby. It's not super <laughs> hard. <laughs> She's just gotta trick a baby. It's not that hard. Uh, but yeah, she she's going to use Paige's voice to get Wyatt to not use his force field, which we handily saw demonstrated earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. We know that when demons are about, Wyatt uses his force field. That's why we don't have to worry about Wyatt too much. Yeah, that was nice of them to do. Make us not stress about the baby. Also, give him a visual thing that's not just him being immortal, so we don't have to watch a bunch of demons, like, trying to stab him. Yes. Until Barbara shows up. Uh, so, at the manor, Piper's trying to calm the baby, and Leo approaches and is like, oh, that's his, that's his gassy cry. And Piper knows it's Leo approaching because of the way he scuffs his feet when he walks. So she's she's already starting to pick up on things that she didn't pay attention to before now that she has lost one of her senses. And, you know, she talks about how she should know all of his cries. And Leo's like, well, I'm the stay-at-home dad. I'm the one who's around him all the time. So it makes sense that I would, you know, pick up on this stuff more than you. And... Like, you're going to have a connection to the baby. You love him. You murdered all those people for him. And Piper's like, I just don't know. (laughs) She gives the baby over to Leo because she's being summoned to go upstairs and look at what the sisters have found. Uh, Because she's blind. Oh. They do that so much in this episode. That was not intentional. Yeah. Uh, she, She tells Leo, do not leave the baby alone for even a second. And she walks up to the attic and the phone is just standing in the hallway staring her down because she can what a dick right but it's it's twofold it's it's both a dick move to kind of be taunting piper because you know she can't see you but also like she can smell you she can hear you like this seems unnecessarily risky like you were right in her face you weren't like standing in the background you were like Literally, if Piper had moved slightly to the right, she would have bumped into. I guess if you're precognitive, you can, you know, you can be 
fairly confident that that's not going to happen, but... She's using her scene powers to, like, trace the path that Piper's gonna take so she cannot be standing in the path. Yeah. Alright, up in the attic, we learn via via Phoebe's research that the see-no-evil, hear-no-evil, speak-no-evil monkeys are based on an actual monkey who was... The assistant to a magician, but... He... The magician pissed him off, so he stole the magician's senses, and then the magician got pissed off at him in return and turned him into a totem? Yep. Okay. Sure. I mean, I think you're right. I think they started with the home goods statue and then worked backwards from there. Yeah. They were like, okay, wait, what if this statue was the magical object? So, Paige's pitch is kill the monkey, which, yes, but first they have to find the monkey. So I feel like I would not want to kill the monkey because if I don't know for sure that killing the monkey is going to undo this, I want to make sure I figure out how to undo it first. Mm. So Elise calls and... Since Piper is the only one who can both hear and talk, she has to take the phone call. And (laughs) I love it because she's like, Sorry, Elise, Phoebe's having cramps so she can't come into no 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 okay so i actually appreciated this it was one of the least cringy things in the whole episode because she tells elise that phoebe got sick and she was taking a bath and she got some sort of like water in her ear and now she's got swimmers ears so she can't hear anything ah yeah and not it's like, the worst uh... yeah that can happen because as i said the ears are very delicate. Yeah. And, and like, the fact that Phoebe can't hear anything is a legitimate excuse and also genuinely what's happening. I'm sorry, but Piper ends this phone call to Elise by screaming, Ah, Cosy Demon, and then exploding their couch. Okay, that part's less understandable. <laughs> but, yeah, the demon starts attacking and Piper, who can't see, is like, What's happening? Somebody give me the audio description of this. <laughs> she just blows up the couch. She's just blowing things up willy-nilly. Like, you know your sisters are presumably fighting these demons. Like, maybe maybe a little bit of caution? Leo hears the explosions and he's like, Wyatt, shield, and then he runs upstairs. Even you though... can orb. Even though Piper specifically told him not to leave the baby alone. Yeah. But the, uh, the crown enters and she's like, Hi, Wyatt. I'm using Paige's voice, but in this weird, echoey, little mermaidy way where you can hear my original voice underneath it. I'm Pat Carroll. So, Leo does manage to get upstairs and use the sleeping potion that Paige had made on the Kazi demon, which is good because it had just gotten its hands on Phoebe's head and was starting to, like, suck out her brains or whatever it is they do. Yeah, so... The Kasi demon is knocked down. The sisters do the crystal cage thing, which, you know what? I'm glad that's become a regular part of their repertoire. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a cool visual. It feels witchy. Like, you know what? I, I like the crystal cage conceptually. I like that when they have good utilitarian spells, they reuse them in this show. That, yeah. that You know what? That's something this show does better than Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if your Sailor Moon finisher thing works... It does make me a little disappointed that they don't use the spirit board more. Mm, yeah, they but, did kind of but, stop that. Yeah, but in general, I feel like Charm actually does do a pretty good job of keeping utility stuff around. Mm-hmm. We see scrying until the last season. Yeah. Crystal cages are forever. 
I, I wish they would have kept a few more of those like enchanted daggers and stuff from early on. Remember when Phoebe used the hand of Mohammed to stop Javna? Can you imagine having that in a show? Like, do you think it would have been overpowering? It, no, it's just like you you shouldn't use the prophet muhammad in your weird witch show right like yes that's a weird thing to i I mean i guess i never really watched seventh heaven like i guess they could have conceivably been calling upon biblical uh figures to i don't know blow up drug dealers i never watched seventh heaven seventh heaven was just about a family yeah but like the dad was a preacher and they dealt with like issue of the week stuff yeah there's no like supernatural stuff I'm just saying there could have been. He was a preacher. It's called Seventh Heaven. He had seven children. Right? Sure. Because he had, a, he had a lot of kids, right? Like, one of them was Jessica Biel. One of them was the guy from that uh, horror movie with Zoe Deschanel's sister, the Bones Lady. Emily Deschanel? Yeah, Emily Deschanel. Um, and then his brother was in the sequel to that, his TV brother. Um... Yes, it would have been weird if they had kept the the, the hand of Muhammad. Like, as a reoccurring thing. Yes. I yes. mean, it's weird that they did it at all using actual religious stuff. Is, you know. It is weird. It's kind of a a thing, I guess. I guess it's like the trade-off, right? Because this is a silly, campy little show. So are we going to take it seriously and use actual deities and, like, invoke actual religious practices that doesn't seem comfortable at all or are we going to take statues from home goods and use them i guess it's a trade-off right we should save some of this for the episode where piper and leo get possessed oh by that's gonna be Shiva. a really really yeah we'll, we'll talk about that when that happens Oof. yeah i guess in retrospect i shouldn't be i shouldn't be trashing the monkey make up your own stuff remember hakate uh yeah, okay, I shouldn't be trashing the monkey thing. It is the lesser of the several evils. <laughs> All right, so the crone sings to Wyatt until he lowers down his shield, and then the sisters hear her singing. Well, except for except for Phoebe, and they all run in, and she... Teleports away. Like, yes. when, when they run in, Wyatt reactivates his force field, and uh, the crone's like... I'll get you next time, Gadget, and teleports off. And when she gets down to hell, the king is like, what happened? And she's like, oh, it was the freaking white lighter. Really? Was that the problem? Yeah, somehow she forgot to account for their white lighter, which... I mean, burn on Leo. But also, he's always there. You definitely sh- I miscounted the men! Oh, she did grab Leo, before leaving yeah so now leo is in a water prison in hell i mean honestly it's a pretty cool trap yeah it is and it works with the whole thing where you know oh my god patty died for no reason white lighters can only die from dark light or venom they they can't drown patty (laughs) white lighters can't drown so maybe don't get distracted trying to protect your white lighter boyfriend from a water demon that kills people by drowning them mm-hmm. focus on that demon not drowning you the person who can be drowned unlike your white lighter who as we see here 
are unaffected by drowning. Although I, I, there's also, this is clearly magic water because Leo can't teleport, which we talked about that as being kind of a neat thing if they had explored it more, water interrupting witchcraft. Yes. Yes. Although then we get back to, like, real folklore, right? Yeah. So, back in the attic... Uh, Phoebe, Phoebe's figured out how to read lips sometimes. Well, except she's not really reading lips because she's not facing... Piper when she talks so what is it because how did she know what Piper just said even though she still can't hear anything <gasps> must be a psychic sister connection uh, okay also Piper's starting to have maternal instincts yeah she's aware of what the baby's thinking also Paige realized that she should just grab a legal pad and start writing shit down really took you that long to think about writing well, I mean, to be fair, everything's been happening pretty fast. I mean, how is that not the first thing you think of when losing your voice? I mean, I know this isn't the era of texting, but... Mm. So she's uh, trying to interrogate the Kazi demon that they've captured via legal pad, and... He, he's not talking. She holds up the pad, and he's like, I don't know. And what, what does it say? It's like... Where's our white lighter? Where's our white lighter? And he's like, I... You know, she's sticking the pad in his face, and he's like, I, I don't know. And Phoebe's throwing the little extra torture rocks at him, and he's like, I, I don't know. And then Phoebe's like, wait, maybe he's illiterate. That seems fantasy racist. Why would you assume demons can't read? I mean, it's a weird assumption to make, and... Let's be let let's be clear. The whole optics of this scene are not great, mm. but mm. yeah, Phoebe just asks him where the white lighter, where their white lighter is, and he's like, "I don't know." So why even have this character be illiterate? Well, we don't know that he is. I mean, I guess yeah. But anyway, Paige's torture session is interrupted by uh, her boyfriend showing up with flowers to apologize for being a giant asshole. I mean, if the demon was smart. What he would do right now is scream a whole lot. Because clearly they don't want Scraggly Joe to know what's going on here. But he's kindly just being quiet while Phoebe goes downstairs to have the comedy sending the boyfriend away. Yeah, because demons are like, no, no, I know that we're in an eternal war of good versus evil. But I mean, the masquerade, we can't let the normals (laughs) know about us. Please. I'm a professional. So, Paige sends Phoebe down to send him away. This bit is so, so painful. Which she doesn't want to do because it was nice of him to try to help her get over her fear or something. This woman is an advice columnist. I was I was about to say, my God. But yeah, she's like, look, it's very... She goes downstairs and she's like, look, it was very sweet of you to force Paige to sing in public, but... There's a gas leak, and also, um, she's naked, so you can't come in right now. She starts off by saying that Paige isn't home, and when he's like, okay, so, first of all, if your girlfriend sends her sister down to tell that lie, a gentleman does not call out the lie. He's like, her car's right there. And she's like, okay, she is home, she just doesn't want to see you. (laughs) Yeah, like... What was your best case scenario? (laughs) What was your best case scenario in pointing out that obvious lie? Ugh. But yeah, she just kind of closes the door in his face because she's like, 
You know what? I'm dealing with other stuff right now, so bye. Also, she can't hear him. So she takes the flowers that he brought for Paige and closes the door on his in his face. Which, good. You know what? Good. But then, but then she goes upstairs and she's like, Ah, oh, Paige, you owe me. I didn't want to be mean to him. He's Even such a sweet guy. Even though it came so naturally guy. to be so mean. Oh, we went different directions. Yeah. We really did. But yeah, the guy, the guy spills his guts. Like, he's like, I don't know where your white lighter is, but our boss is working for some lady called the crone. Okay, can I just point out, of course he doesn't know where their white lighter is. That was obviously not part of the plan. The plan obviously went awry. Yes. And he's obviously not the kind of guy who is making these kinds of decisions. So... Back in the underworld, the crone's like, well, your dude is just... Spilling his guts. Yeah, he's like a broken fire hydrant spewing information about me all over the place. She's like, now I'll never get my hands on their baby because they know to be on the lookout for me. And it's like, did you... You went into their house and made very little effort to hide from them. (laughs) Like, they all saw you except for Piper when they ran into the room. And then she just kills the Kazi king. She's well, well like, the Kazi king's like, what about my man? He's still in captivity. And she's like, don't worry. He'll be eternally free shortly. And then she blows up the Kazi king, thus blowing up all of his warriors. Right. So that they can stop, you know, interrogating him. You know what's funny? Um, <laughs> they already got all the necessary information. What else could he possibly tell them? You know... The crone is quite an ally in this episode because the episode started with Paige trying to find a way to wipe out all the Kazi demons. Crone did that for them without them having to do anything. The crone doesn't even want to hurt Wyatt. She just wants to get her vision, like, clarified. And then when she does, the thing that she gets a vision of is Wyatt's going to be powerful. Like, I... The crone is is a real ally to them in this episode. Seriously. Although... We know why it's powerful. An elder said that he would be powerful beyond all your imaginings. We don't need we don't need all of this build up for Wyatt. We get it. He's a special little dude. He's uh, the most dangerous little dude in the galaxy. Yes. Okay, all the trash talking aside. Yes. Um, I love the creepiness of this scene because the crone goes up to Piper, who is in the nursery with Wyatt, and of course Piper cannot see her, and she uses Paige's voice to say we found Leo, we figured out the cure, we're downstairs. Making a bunch of cure potion for you, so why don't you just leave the baby with me? But this is like a genuinely eerie moment, because it's... Oh, it... Yeah, and and there's this really great bit where Piper notes that Paige smells like charcoal, and the crone's like... Yeah, we flew burnt. up a bunch of demons, that's why. Yep, it's it's burnt Kazi flesh, and Piper's like... Okay. So downstairs, there's another weird moment of like trying to communicate where Phoebe is speaking to Piper and Piper talks about having just talked to Paige and Paige runs up to her and like puts Piper's hand on her face so that Piper can feel like, no, Paige is right here. Yeah. And they all run back into the nursery. So upstairs, the crone has finished singing her Paige song, her, you know, version of Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. Wyatt lowers his force field. The crone picks him up and 
and uh, use when when everyone runs into the room the crone tells Wyatt and Paige's voice Wyatt we're in danger and he, he enfolds them in the force field it's great yeah and then she puts her hand on Wyatt's forehead so that she can finish getting her premonition and Paige tries to teleport Wyatt over to her but since she can't speak she can't teleport him so they try they Piper and Phoebe put their hands on Paige and they shout Wyatt and then she's able to use her power with her sister's voices and I okay that part's cool that's really cool it reminds me of when they used the power of three with Phoebe and Utero in the time travel episode yeah so uh, I really like the effect of the crone tapping into Wyatt's power because it's it's a really low-key thing they're basically they're shining a light on her from underneath and they're blowing her hair mm-hmm. around with a fan but it looks cool and you get the sense that she's tapping into a deeper power here yeah. like it's a very little thing but it totally works uh they orb the baby out of her hands and she's like i've seen it i've seen the future he's more powerful than any of you can imagine and then they blow her up and that's the end of it okay again a moment i genuinely liked they blow her up and they're like wait where's leo and they're like oh shoot should we have waited and not blown her up right away so so Paige is like phoebe maybe you can get a premonition also i have my voice back we all got our our senses senses back but phoebe maybe you can have a premonition and as phoebe goes over to get a premonition Piper's like, I wish we could find Leo, and Wyatt orbs them over to Leo, so... We didn't even need Phoebe's premonition! And she didn't have one, did she? No, she didn't. But we, we didn't even need her to have one, because we've got Wyatt now. So, yeah, the Wyatt orbs teleports. No orbs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Wyatt, Wyatt orbs Piper and him over to where Leo is... She blows up the tank that's holding him, and they all hug hug, and go home, and everything's okay. And also, Wyatt is really powerful, and it's very scary that this tiny little infant was able to orb to his father. Yeah, and and Leo and Piper talk about that a little bit. Leo's like, his powers are advancing so fast, and she's like, they really are. And he's like, does that make you nervous? And she's like, kind of, but also excited, which, hmm. Let's hey, let's tuck that away. Look, infants need a lot of care, but one of the things that makes an infant easier, like all the care that they need a little easier, is that they can't get away too quickly. An infant who can orb is a nightmare. Yes. Yes, it is incredibly terrifying. Finding why its powers just never, never comes up. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, yes, but you want him to have the force field thing at least. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's a genuinely hard question. We'll have to have a big debate about it when we get to that. Although, we know if someone is part witch and part white lighter, you can just steal one part of their power set from the Power of Three Blondes episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But is the force field part of his witch power set or part of his white lighter power set? Oh, uh, that has to be a witch thing. No way white lighters can do that and it hasn't come up yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking maybe he's his own white lighter. And, like, he does that to protect himself. Hmm. Nah, nah, I think that has to be a witch thing. Alright, we do a little wrap-up. Um, 
where we find out that Phoebe has decided not to syndicate her column. And then we go back to the piano bar, and now Paige has had some time to prepare. She's wearing a sultry black dress with, like, rhinestones. She looks great. And she sings Fever, and, I mean, it worked for me. Yeah. I really loved this one. I, I, I loved listening to Russ McGowan sing Fever. It yeah. was great. Yeah. I didn't mention it before, but Scruffy Joe has two of the... We don't normally talk about dude fashions on this show, but he has two of the worst shirts I've ever seen over the course of this episode. Like, wow. This is like... A, the one he's wearing in this scene is a leather button-up, mm-hmm. which is just weird that those those two things don't go... It, and earlier in the episode, he was wearing a shirt that had a thousand buttons. Yes, it did. Buttons everywhere buttons could conceivably be. All right. So I just have to say, remember we started this episode and I said that he like appeared like a demon and it was weird. Like Rose McGowan singing Fever is awesome and sexy and everything. But also the camera is like pushing in on his face and it is very sinister. They definitely want us to think he's a demon. Credits. Credits. So, yeah, this episode was flawed conceptually, but it also did a lot of stuff I liked. So I I feel bad being like, this is a bad episode. It's not a bad... Like, we've been on a run of kind of bad episodes, and this isn't as structurally flawed as, say, the Sandman episode or it's... the Nymphs episode. Okay, I didn't love this episode. You really liked this episode a lot more than I did. But it's bad in a different way than the other episodes. There are things I enjoyed a lot about this episode. And then there was Phoebe. Ooh, so mean. Should we get into our segments? Yes, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonitions, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. All right, so Paige's new beau, who you called Scruffy Joe, whose character's name is actually Nate, Mm. is in fact... Norman Reedus, who you might know from being... Daryl on The Walking Dead, or that guy who has to carry like a robot fetus around in that one video game that's supposed to be really good and high concept. Oh, I should have looked up the rest of his CV. I just, he's Daryl from Walking Dead. I didn't even think to look up what other stuff he's done. Well, it's uh, the Metal Gear Solid guy did it, mm-hmm. and he he was briefly the Metal Gear Solid guy's dude du jour. You know about that, yeah. that, that about the Metal Gear Solid guy, how he like... Was way into it. Well, he... he gets really into certain celebrities and he puts them in stuff for a while like he had that with the uh, mads michelson i think is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah he was in that video you know you probably know from the walking dead and this is like a legitimate premonition this is like a platonic premonition this is like the all this is the ultimate kind of thing we were talking about when we talk about premonitions where like he wasn't somebody when the show was shot but when he comes on screen now watching it through modern eyes it's like jarring it takes you out of the moment to be like oh man like when jeremy renner was that vampire in season two of angel exactly like that exactly like that and you're like i'm sorry i don't believe that jeremy renner ever existed in old timey times i saw hansel and gretel witch hunters and i didn't buy it then i'm not buying it with weird floppy hair oh this is a vampire that angel and uh, darla knew back in the 1500s no it wasn't shut up he's got iphone face yeah he this is a man who has never existed in a world that did not have hair gel yeah what's uh, our second segment the second uh, power in our pack is time freeze what specifically dated this episode 
Um, yeah, Piper juggling the giant camcorder and film camera instead of just having a smartphone. Yeah. I, which makes sense because they didn't have smartphones. Well, the fact that the camera she was using was not digital. Like, she ran out of pictures to take with it. Yes. You remember that? There'd be the little number and it would count down with every picture you took. Mm-hmm. Do the kids even know that? Oh, I bet they don't. I bet they don't. Yep. So, I mean... That's very time freezy. Also, I feel like mimes are kind of time freezy. I feel like we haven't talked about mimes in a long time. Yeah, I feel like the mime thing just stopped being a thing. I think because people like you started saying, wait, why do we hate mimes? And nobody had a good answer. So we all just moved on and pretended it never happened. They just took off the stupid makeup and took off their shirts and went to TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and your TikTok hate. I don't hate TikTok. I'm neutral on TikTok. You would love TikTok if you I'm got on sure it. I'm sure I would. It, but it's like having a smartphone where I put it off as long as humanly possible because I knew once I looked into that void, I was not looking back. All right, let's talk about our third segment. Okay, the third power in our pack is telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? I think I might have the same thing you do. The bit with the crone was genuinely creepy. Yes, yes. When the crone comes upstairs and is imitating page's voice to piper that is some horror movie shit it was really well done yeah i mean also that actress who grace zabrinsky yes like she's really good and it makes me sad she's not in more of the season because she knows exactly how to play it like she is sinister but in a lightly camp way that just really works for charmed i mean grace zabrinsky and holly marie combs are both acting powerhouses so the two of them in that scene together it just works even even though it's only 30 seconds maybe max yeah um and i do have one of our secret powers as time goes on our powers have evolved uh what new permutation of our you know basic power set are you bringing to the table i mean i feel like i don't need to tell you that it's astral projection Ooh, what uh what moment was so bad it made you want to physically leave your body literally everything that Alyssa milano did to convey that her character could no longer hear oh my god it was awful and like retroactively i i know i mentioned it earlier but i want to give rose mcgown credit for she pulls off like a lot of really good physical comedy trying to communicate stuff Mm-hmm. without the ability to speak opposite of that for Alyssa milano's deafness it is uncomfortable especially because you know you're supposed to be laughing at it Oof. and it is just i don't get the choices that were made i don't know what she's doing like it doesn't seem like she can't hear it seems like she's lost any connection to reality yeah like she can't comprehend like you can still understand things you still have context clues and i i oh and it's not just it's not just the boardroom scene which is bad enough but also i mean her communicating with Paige at first that yes awful oh oh, i i was like literally hiding my face in my hands i didn't have to watch during those sequences oh it was not good oh but it's over now yes it is over now and next week we have one of your, if not your absolute favorite episode. Necromancing the Stone. I'm so excited for this episode. It's a Grams episode. It's a Grams episode where we meet one of the dudes that she used to have sex with until she murdered him. Oh, the, the 
Peacock description doesn't even begin to get into how good the episode is. The description on Peacock is, Hallowell matriarchs gather to bless baby Wyatt. Paige casts a truth spell. Yeah. Yeah, this is the episode where Grams does not want to cast a protection spell on Wyatt because he's a boy. And you know she hates men. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. But I think that does it for this week. Yeah, that'll about do it. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com, or tweet at us at ilovetvzines. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. <laughs>